Welcome to the Happiness Podcast. I'm Dr. Robert Puff. I live in Southern California, and about an hour and a half drive from my home is a place called Rodeo Drive. It's a shopping area, actually a street, that has most, if not all, of some of the expensive, you may have heard of them, exclusive designers that are out there, like Prada, Gucci, and so on. Well, my kids, who are teenagers now, know a lot more about these labels than I do, so they wanted to go up there for the day and have a look around. When we got there, not only did they know a lot more of the stores than I did, they also knew a lot more of the people that were walking around than I did. They would say, Dad, did you see that person? Dad, did you see that person? I had no idea who they were talking about or who they were. But the stores were pretty impressive, though the price tags on their items were something that could take your breath away. Though I may not know designer labels very well, I do understand human behavior quite well. And though some people were spending an awful lot of money, I didn't see a lot of what I would call happiness there. Not that everyone there was unhappy, it's just that it wasn't creating necessarily a lot of happiness in and of itself. Thrills, perhaps, excitement, but lasting happiness, I'm not sure. But I haven't always been exempt from the materialistic trappings of our world. I remember when I turned 40, perhaps not too long ago, I decided that this was a big accomplishment, so I was going to buy myself something big. And for me, that wasn't going to be a designer item. That was going to be a telescope. So I spent probably a good part of the year researching the different telescopes, seeing the benefits and qualities of each one, and I decided on a 12-inch Mead telescope. And I can't even recount how many times I kept looking up that telescope, savoring over how great it was going to be and all the stars and galaxies I was going to get to observe with my new 12-inch telescope. Well, when my 40th birthday came, I was excited. And I got my telescope, and I opened it up, and I set it up, and I started looking out at the stars. And for the first week or two, it was pretty awesome. But what I discovered was two things. One... I live in a big city, so I had to go out into the country or into the desert to really see the stars well. And the second thing was, a 12-inch telescope is a big telescope. I mean, it was heavy. It was a lot of work to set up. And those two factors really dissuaded me from being as excited about my new telescope as I thought I would be. I ended up, probably about five years later, selling it because I just wasn't using it enough. I thought, well... It takes up a lot of room in the garage, and it was time to let it go. Now, you as a listener probably couldn't relate to my story, but I think we could all relate to purchasing something and being so excited for it and realizing quite quickly that the excitement wears off and that new Rolex watch or that Gucci purse or whatever it may be just isn't as exciting as we thought it would be after a short amount of time. What sets in is what's called hedonic adaptation. It's a very important concept to understand, which is why I periodically bring it up and have done a podcast on it before, because we spend a lot of our time making money so that we can purchase these items that we think will bring us happiness. And sometimes a very sad thing that happens is we use our credit to buy things, so even after we get them, and the excitement wears off. We now have payments for them for up to five years if it's a car or 30 years if it's a house. So it can really be something that we have to think about because it's not going to necessarily in and of itself 
make us happy because hedonic adaptation is going to set in. And that's where when we make new purchases and we buy ourselves something, over time the excitement wears off and we get used to it. And it's just not that important or exciting for us anymore. And it doesn't create any more happiness. So then we may head down to Rodeo Drive again, buy something else, and do it again and buy something else. And it's almost like an addiction. We just keep buying things. Though many of us probably shop more at like online Amazon than going to Rodeo Drive. But nonetheless, those packages keep arriving at our door. And we think it will bring happiness. And after that happiness wears off, we go back to buying something else. So is there anything else we can do besides spending money on ourselves? And that's why I want to talk about a really exciting study that came out in 2018. It's about giving to ourselves versus giving to others. Well, in summary, what these researchers found was that when we give to ourselves over and over again versus giving to others, our level of happiness is maintained at a much higher level when we give to others versus when we give to ourselves. In one of the experiments, there were 96 participants and they were required to give away money either to themselves every day and spend it on the same thing or give to a charitable organization five days in a row, the same amount of money. And again, what they found was at the end of their research study that the people participating in the study felt much better and happier when they gave the money to others than when they spent it on themselves on the same thing. Similarly, on an online study, they found that of 502 participants, that when they were allowed to keep the money from the winnings or give it to a charitable organization, that giving the money away made them feel happier, more joyful, and more elated overall. So the bottom line is this, giving our money to others versus spending it on ourselves for something or the same thing over and over again, we get much more happiness when we give it away than when we basically keep it. Our joy just lasts longer when we're in a giving mood than we're into I want to buy something for myself mood. Being charitable, being giving seems to create more happiness in us. This was reported in the Psychological Science Journal 2018, Volume 29, and it's called Implements to Effective Altruism, the Role of Subjective Preferences in Charitable Giving. If you want to look it up more in-depthly, just go ahead and look at the notes for this podcast. I have the journal reference with the authors listed there. So what does this mean for us and why would this even be true? Why would we be happier if we gave our money away than if we purchased something for ourselves? Why is it better to give than to be more self-indulgent? It's a good question. Well, I think the most important aspect to consider here is what we talked about earlier, hedonic adaptation. Remember, when we make a purchase, whatever it may be, we get used to it. And very quickly, the excitement, the thrill, the happiness that's created from that purchase goes away and our normal state of happiness kicks in. We probably have all known people that have used purchases to feel happy, to find happiness in their lives. And yet in the long run, we know it truly doesn't cause happiness for anyone. It definitely may cause a thrill and excitement. But very quickly, hedonic adaptation kicks in, and we're just not excited about it anymore. Again, the most classic one is when children have their birthday. They may have waited months for a present, and when they finally get it, they're so excited. But very quickly, sometimes within that same day, they're 
ready to move on and they're not excited about that toy that they waited for so long or that telescope that they dreamt about for so long or those Amazon packages that keep appearing at so many people's doors nowadays. I do think there's a bit of excitement to come home and say, what's arrived today? But very quickly, we just get used to what came and very quickly, our credit card bills can go up or our savings account can go down. So it can not only not cause happiness, I do think if we're not careful, our bills can cause us unhappiness. So if we believe this study and we think, you know, giving is going to create a lot more happiness in me than purchasing things for myself, how can I start doing more of that? Well, the great news is there are wonderful organizations out there that one will, of course, accept your money, but I feel use your money very well. And I think we can all together by giving to organizations that are truly improving our planet's level of overall well-being help contribute to a better place to live in. Now, some of you may be out there and be skeptical and say, yeah, I know why you feel better because you are helping people and you feel good about helping people because you get all the accolades from helping people. Even if no one says anything to you, you just feel good because, you know, hey, you're doing nice things. It's not about really doing the nice things. You just like the way you feel by doing those things and all that comes with that. But even if this is the case, we just do it to feel good because we feel good because now we see ourselves in a different light. It's not really that we're doing anything necessarily good. We're doing it to feel good. But the result is twofold. One, we do feel better. But two, we actually can really help people. There really are some magnificent ways that our money and our time can be used to make our world a better place. Now, if you hate everything to do with nature, but you love homeless people, then of course, send your money or give your time to homeless people. Or if you love being in nature and love all the beautiful places out there to visit, then perhaps your money would be better spent supporting these places. There are so many ways we can give our money and our time to make the world a better place. We need to listen to our hearts and say, okay, what would be good for me? What would make me be excited about giving and then start giving. I think when we do this, when we really believe that, you know, I do feel better when I give. And so I'm going to give some more of my time and my energy to others to make our world a better place. And even if I don't believe it's going to make the world a better place, or even if I don't believe it's going to make me happier, I'm going to experiment with this and see sometimes instead of purchasing something for myself, if I can use that money to give to someone truly in need and see if my happiness doesn't last longer. I think we will really find that this is true. I am happier. We are happier when we give than when we necessarily purchase things for ourselves. And I have definitely found this to be true. So perhaps you too want to give this a try and start giving a little bit more and maybe instead of making all those purchases, sometimes say, huh, I wonder if this money might be better spent giving to others instead of buying something new for myself. So at this point, you may want to turn the podcast off because what I'm going to end with, you may not like, but I do want to share it and I think it's important. So if you disagree with me, that's okay. I know it's controversial, but 
I want us all to think about it because I think perhaps it could be a life changer, not only for our own lives, for our families' lives, but for a lot of people in our world. Well, the truth is, we all are going to die someday. Now, many of us, when we die, may die with absolutely nothing left. We may even have debt that our family has to deal with because just how it unfolded throughout our lives. Maybe we gave it all away. And when they look at our accounts at the end of the day, there's nothing left. But some of us may have something left. And some of us may have quite a bit left. Well, we have to decide what to do with that money. Do we want to necessarily pass it on to our children or our grandchildren? Is that necessarily the best way for us to leave this planet by giving a whole lot of money to our kids? Just last week, a friend of mine was telling me a story about a relative of hers who had inherited $300,000 when his mother died. Well, six months later, he spent it all. And I met the man. I didn't know the story until afterwards. But when I met him, he was not a very happy camper. So however he spent that $300,000, it didn't have much lasting effect for his happiness because he was not a very happy man. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you probably know I'm a clinical psychologist and my office is in Newport Beach, California. It also is a very expensive area to live. So some of my clients have a whole lot of money. And so what they decide to do is pass that money on to their kids a little early. They probably want to see their kids happy. They create what are called trust funds where they get a certain amount of money every month. And sometimes it's a whole lot of money. I mean, these men and women do not have to work if they don't want to. And not all, but I'd say many, many of them turn out to be drug addicts, alcoholics, and very unhappy people. So their parents had such good intent to help their children not struggle like they had to. And yet the effect was their children struggle so much more because of this early inheritance. Now I know there's always going to be exceptions to the rule. Of course, there are people that get inheritances that use the money very well and are very thankful to their parents. But here's my thought that is, of course, controversial. It is that maybe we consider that all our money, if we have anything left, doesn't have to necessarily go to our family. Perhaps some of it, perhaps a good portion of it, we could pass on to those organizations that we're going to learn about as we go through life that are good, that could use that money really well. And it could be a portion, it could be a half, it could be all of it. It doesn't really matter. What matters is to consider that what is truly the best way to me to use my money well and in order to make the world a better place? Will leaving everything to my relatives necessarily improve my world or our world? Or perhaps, just perhaps, we can consider leaving a portion to the world at large and help make our world a better place. I mean, can you imagine if we all did this? It would be marvelous. Our world would get better. I do believe that. So again, I know I'm ending on a controversial note, but I do want us to consider it. We have wills. We have trusts, perhaps. It's very simple. We get the choice to leave the money to whomever we want. Perhaps, instead of leaving it all to our relatives, maybe 
just maybe we can pass on a portion, perhaps even a large portion, to helping making our world a better place. Thank you for joining me on the Happiness Podcast. If you are finding these episodes helpful, I would love for you to share your experience with others. The easiest way for new people to listen to this podcast is just refer them to www.happinesspodcast.org. That's happinesspodcast.org. Or if you want to do more and leave a review, on that site you'll find a Yelp link, a Google Plus link, a testimonial link, or perhaps even the site you're listening to this podcast on. Often you can leave reviews there too. The reviews are an awesome way to encourage people to start listening to the Happiness Podcast. And until next time, accept what is, love what is. Do you ever wonder why some companies do so well, grow, and just seem to keep coming up with great ideas and keep expanding? While other companies are permeated with negativity, lawsuits, employee turnover, and just overall unhappiness in the workplace. Whichever corporate camp you find yourself in, or somewhere in between, the key to any company's ongoing success is to invest in and help their employees perform at their peak performance. There are very clear and specific things that people can do to perform well at work and in life in general. This is the focus of my podcast, and it's also the focus of my work. Being at the cutting edge of any market is sustained through investment, investment in training employees how to perform well. But sustained growth and productivity requires specific psychological tools in order to continue to perform at peak levels. This is where I can help. I've been studying peak performance for over 30 years now, helping people all over the world. And there are very specific things that have to be maintained in order to sustain this level of performance. When companies invest in their employees, their employees are invested in them. Unfortunately, it's quite common for companies to be doing exceptionally well in the marketplace, but for unknown reasons, key employees make poor choices, leave the company, or start struggling in coping with stress-related illnesses. Companies that do well know their business really well, but human behavior works in mysterious ways unless you've been trained to understand the causes and cures of underperformance. If you're a forward-thinking company, perhaps it's time to think about giving your employees skills that may really help them perform well at work and throughout their lives. If you work for or manage a company and you're ready to learn the skills in order to survive and thrive in any market, in any conditions, or in life in general, I'd love to help. These are the skills I've learned. These are the ones I'd love to bring to your company True lasting success has to be seen from a broader perspective, not just monetary. And if you're ready to bring about these changes, that's where I can help. To learn more, go to www.successbeyondyourimagination.com. That's successbeyondyourimagination.com. And whether we're at the doorstep of retirement or have many years to go, may we always be growing and be developing our skills not only as successful employees, but as successful human beings.